The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Tommy Dreamer, and Bully Ray talk about AEW Dynamite, especially the end with Don Callis. What happened between him and and Kenny Omega. We'll try to answer that question on the podcast today. Plus, we talk to newest member of the Impact Wrestling roster, a former legend, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. 
to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Don Callis is like a father to Kenny Omega. Well, not anymore after what we saw last night, Bully, and Don Callis turning on Kenny Omega. Last night I went on social media and I tweeted after the show that I had a lot to say about the steel cage main event from last night. So here we go. (laughs) Ready? Yes. It was really good. (laughs) All right. That's four words. (laughs) I, uh, when you, if you're gonna do something like that, like a steel cage match main event on TV, remember Dave, how I was talking on Monday or Tuesday about give me something where I say, wow, blow me away, like really, like do something different, catch my attention, take me in a different direction, swerve me. I got all of that last night with the steel cage match. Pre-match, big brawl breaks out between um, the BCC, excuse me, and the Elite. Eventually, both guys get in the ring. We had a a good mixture of pro wrestling moves in the match, along with good violence in the match, logical blood in the match. Like when I saw, when I saw... Um, Mox get hit in the back with the barbed wire steel chair. You better have some legitimate holes in your back, legitimate scratches on your back, legitimate something on your back. And those were there, and they were on Kenny also. I got swerved. I got them taking down the ropes, got the Don Callis thing, some good false finishes. Anything that you can possibly ask for as far as excitement is concerned, I got in that steel cage match last night. It ended with a swerve, a turn. It had time to breathe. I can't really, no, nothing stuck out to me 
about last night's main event where I could go, yeah, but this, or uh, the referee or the rules or the this, that, the other thing. That was a solid, solid main event. By, by two main eventers in AEW. And they pushed this steel cage match pretty hard this week. Hopefully it delivered for the company. I know the fans in attendance had a great time. I'm sure everybody at home had a great time watching it. Hopefully it delivered for them. Well, I'll, I'll say this, you, and you can't ask for anything more than this, and I'm, I'm re-watching the main event now. When that moment happened with Don Callis and they went off the air last night, everybody in attendance was on their feet. Like, you know, that's what you want to do is to have everyone standing on their feet and reacting. And Tommy, that's exact, exactly what that Detroit crowd was doing. We're having Darren McCarty on later who is in Detroit. So it's going to be interesting to hear from him and his reaction of what that crowd was like last night. The air got sucked out the room in one shot. They never saw it coming. No matter how smart we think we are, how like, you know, there's two ways to do a turn. One where you so know it's coming, but you just don't know when or completely out of nowhere. Um, Don Callis, the execution, <clears throat> excuse me, was again, amazing. The, the visual out of nowhere, also from behind. He literally stabbed somebody he loves like a son from behind. The only other better way, if he would have literally stuck that screwdriver and stuck it in his back. Um, another great part of this, why? Why did he do it? Leaving with that heat, I have to tune in next week to find out. Hopefully, there is follow-up. You know, Bully went uh, and talked about, you know, Rhea and Zelina Vega about no follow-up, no nothing yeah. uh, to that. It was just like this great moment is just that's gone, and here we are. If there is great follow-up next week, I don't know if I open the show with it. I don't know if I close the show with it, um, but why would they do it? Why would he do this? Um, camera angles. Sometimes camera you know, production people expose what's about to happen. It was like how Don was in the corner. Even the replay almost was like Hannibal Lecter-esque where he pulled the mask off. You saw him rise like he was just watching it and then last second, like, stuck him in the head with the screwdriver. Uh, loved everything that Bully said. Loved the match. Loved how I believe they said this was Moxley Omega 5. And they talked about their history. Uh, they talked about the brutality of the cage. Love when, you know, the pitcher and pitcher where they were starting to break down the ropes and you see like all the stuff, you can't hear the crowd reacting. Then they come and he puts the hook in uh, Penny's mouth and you hear the people going crazy. It was great. Um, I, I actually, and I don't sell much in the sense of something where I was like, oh my God, is he okay? When Kenny did the, the V trigger knee, and the cage broke, and Kenny got caught in between the apron and the cage. I thought he would have. I thought he snapped his leg in half. Uh, I honestly don't want to see Kenny Omega in those type of matches because I think Kenny Omega is an amazing wrestler, and I don't like to see him do those things just because, like, I view him very, very high, and 
Like, I love that he goes out there and does those things. Cause I mean, Ric Flair, you look at Ric Flair, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, he would have those crazy ass brawls, but <clears throat> Kenny puts so much into the, the art of the match and something like that. Like he wouldn't be able, he wouldn't do that in a normal match, but because of the cage and, and how, when it breaks, but I mean, he almost, that could have been a career ender right there in that one move, but uh, kudos to both men. And then, you know, kudos to Don Callis for for the entire story because now it's the why. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when I say all the men, like Bully said, it goes to the beginning, the brawl, the B, you know, BC. It, it gave you every component of what you want during a steel cage, putting the wrestler who didn't want to be in the steel cage. Uh and, you know, Moxley actually showed a little bit of his ass as a heel, like, oh, shit, I don't want to be facing this guy right now, which is cool as being opposed to the tough heel, because there is no heat in being the tough heel. So great, great match by every everyone involved. And Bully said, a steel cage is violent. A steel cage is bloody. Then you're adding all these things because Moxley you know, likes to live in this environment when you're talking about, uh, you know, shards of glass, when you're talking about all these things that you're going to incorporate it, it looked like a crime scene at the end of the day, which I personally love. I love the chaos. I love in those type of matches. It's like, you know, I always say this, like ECW got bastardized for in WWE for the blood and the guts and, and for like the, all this violence that we did. Yes, we did that, but we also had great wrestling, but when that violence is executed properly, you're like, what the hell did I just witness? And I mean, to me, hardcore, the true definition of hardcore is giving everything that you have for the match. And I would say like Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero were hardcore for how much they would have these amazing scientific matches, if you will. Um, you know, and I'm talking about from the original ECW, um, Rhea and Zelina Vega, hardcore. They left everything out there on the table for those fans, um, as well as, you know, Kenny Omega and John Moxley, two of the best to do it. But again, my, uh, Kenny being out of his element and doing crazy things that I feel that Kenny doesn't need to do, but Kenny loves the industry. And I just like, I, I seriously, like, I was like, oh my God, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. And I never act like that. I, I don't sell anybody. And the same with uh, then the finish got me out of complete nowhere. And I loved it. Yeah. I just want to follow up on a couple of things that Tommy said. <clears throat> I disagree with wanting to see more of Kenny Omega in more of these matches. I've seen Kenny Omega wrestle the Kenny Omega style, the Omega, uh, uh, Okada Omega or Omega Danielson or any of the typical great athletic wrestling matches that Kenny Omega has put up that that has put on Kenny to me can can ex, uh, um, expand his horizons by getting into some more of these hardcore uh, extreme uh, death match type, not death match type stuff but these scenarios I felt real animosity last night from Omega and Moxley. I did not feel that for the entire show. 
One of the reasons why I only thought the show was good last night was because I didn't feel like there was real hatred or real animosity or really like, I got to get you. I just felt like we were watching wrestling matches last night. But when Omega and Moxley were in the ring, I believed they hated each other. I believed that they wanted to tear each other apart. It was a real fight. Seeing Kenny Omega do a bunch of spots I've seen it a million times, seeing Kenny Omega reach under the ring for a, a chair wrapped in barbed wire. Ah, oh, wow. That's kind of different for me. I don't see this from Kenny all the time. I want to see this more. I kind of look at it as like Atsushi Onita. Onita was a great wrestler, but when did o Onita truly become popular? Once he started doing hardcore stream deathmatch type stuff. I'm not saying that I want to see Kenny do that all the time, but to have somebody breathing down Kenny's neck like Moxley did and pull Kenny out of his environment and into somebody else's is different from me. It catches me off guard. And Tommy, you talk about, uh, you know, going through the cage and watching Kenny doing this stuff and being career enders. Kenny wrestles such an aggressive, high-flying style that any of the moves that Kenny does can be career-enders. As we know, a side headlock could be at a career-ender uh, if, you, if you wrench a guy's head the wrong way and snap his neck. So I enjoyed the match last night uh, a lot more for seeing Kenny out of his element and for the animosity between the two. And... I did have one point, which I didn't understand why they didn't cross this T or dot this I. We saw the elite earlier before the match started. So when the turn happened, where was the elite? Where were Matt and Nick? Uh, I believe that. they were fighting. They were in the back. Okay, they were in the back. But if we saw them before the match start to even the odds, where were they to come save Kenny when Don Callis was sticking a screwdriver in his face? I mean, that's kind of suspending disbelief. Like, I, I understand when we talk about Thunder Rosa and Miro. Yeah, you know, if you're going to get, if you need to get that technical with people, then yes, you're going to show them leave the room but it's it's implied that during the matches they leave when guys or girls are fighting during all this chaos you they were in the back they were separated they were brought to different rooms somebody got hurt they're you know they fought off and we have to see them next time I mean, so if you were the producer well, I'm sorry, no. Dave, hold on. So if you okay. were pr the producer of that television match last night, you would have allowed to leave it implied? Or was one of the questions that you would have brought up is, where are the elite and how come they haven't come back down? And please give the right answer, Tommy, because I know what you would have done. Hang on. What were we going to say, David? No, I was going to say, I mean, we saw them kind of get beat up right before that match started. So, you know, maybe they were not unable to come out and help Kenny. So somebody on commentary say that or show or do a quick shot in the back. I Did I miss something? Did Matt and Nick get beat up so bad that they couldn't come back down to the ring 20 minutes later to help their friend? 
I mean, where there was the brawl, security dragged them off. Maybe, maybe they were kicked out of the arena, or maybe that brawl continued. I'm, I'm just saying, bully. By having that brawl before that match started, maybe you could use that as the reason why they didn't get involved later on in the match. Then kill Matt and Nick in the brawl. So now I definitively know why they can't make the save. Take a chair to both of their legs so they can't walk back down to the ring. Don't just, uh, because I did sit there and say to myself, well, where's Matt and Nick? They're best friends with this guy. Don Callis has been a part of this whole thing. How come they're not at least coming down? And I'm not saying come down and make the save because that would have taken away all the heat. I'm talking about at least trying to come down and getting killed outside of the cage. Because when you leave it up to implied, I just don't think that that really works. It's a small point. It didn't take away from what we saw last night, but I would at least like to know where Nick and Matt were when their best friend is getting a screwdriver stuck in his eye. Uh, To answer your question, I always make sure to put logic to this in the sense of where is this person? Where is that? Me personally, if I was, you asked me this question, if I was uh, producing that, that segment, I would have either bumped the referee or had the referee trying to do something with the broken cage because I hated that fact that the referee saw the stabbing. Um, and I get it that it's a steel cage and anything can happen. But me personally, I hate to see that happen. Even though the referee couldn't block it, couldn't stop it. I just don't like that happening in front of the ref, even though it's those type of rules. Just because we have those type of rules, it's always more heat for the heel when you do it behind the referee's back. Correct. I I mean, I would have either bumped the referee or I would have had the ref like, hey, we got to do something with this cage. But Kenny Omega almost just broke his leg. You know, you create all this chaos. For me, will you ask me a specific question when I'm, helping out with a match i want to make sure everybody is taken care of if i had a match to that magnitude how are my top stars the young bucks taken care of in watching it i was not offended at all i was like okay cool they're in the back where's the bcc they're in the back uh one guy's doing commentary okay cool he's now not there all this stuff everybody's taken care of and then bang oh my god this this heinous act just happened Every, like, and Bully knows this with me, every I is dotted, every T is crossed then, and I'm cool with that. Um, I was also cool with it last night. Uh, It was drama. It was excitement. It was everything that I've wanted, uh, and it was also the biggest thing, the crowd. The crowd was so into it, and they thought it was the finish, and when it happened, they were like, I literally saw a dude put his hands on the top of his head. Yeah. And when I see that, it's like, whoa, my God, what, what did I just see? And it was a gasp. I've heard gasp. And then it was like, like, seriously, like, oh. and the air was taken out by everyone simultaneously. And that was, it was done to perfection. And I hate putting Don Callis over, but Don did it to perfection. Don played that, his part very well. Again, I'm sorry. Even earlier when he came in to grab the screwdriver and when Don powdered out like he was a a wimpy manager, I would like it proved like, oh, wait, you know, like and I was like, why, if he's a baby face, would he cower? 
And then like the action continued. It made me like quickly think, but like, oh, I got to keep on watching. I got to keep on watching. And then when it happens, oh my God. I like in my head, is he now going to manage B, you know, the BCC? What is going on? I got to tune in next week. This is former UFC champion, Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. The National Treasure. Nick Aldis. Nick, how are you doing this morning? I'm um, very well. Good morning, Bully. Good morning, Tommy. How's nice everybody doing? Nice to see doing? you, sir. Nice the to newest, see you. The newest addition to the Impact Wrestling roster, making his debut, not his debut, but having his first match tonight, Nick Aldis versus Sheldon Dean for Impact, which you can see, Tommy, on Access TV. Where else, Tommy? Uh, on fights on, uh, impact, uh, impact insiders, plus. impact plus there's a whole bunch of ways I could go out and the zone in our international territories design, I believe is the other is our uh, international distributor for impact. Correct. Nick, I remember you sending out a tweet about uh, a couple months ago, which said, which you were, you were answering somebody on Twitter talking about, it's not about the first opportunity to come my way. It's about the best opportunity to come by, to come my way what about nick aldis and impact wrestling is a good fit right now for you that's a good question so um you know i i think uh for people who have uh, are familiar with what i've what i've been doing um outside of wrestling know that uh, obviously i've been de devoting some of my time to uh, to legacy sports nutrition and and so uh there's not that it's uh, taking away any of my focus, but obviously I'm getting to that point in my life where uh, I like to be multifaceted. And then even within wrestling itself, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed um, from you know being with the NWA was when I had the opportunity to contribute on multiple levels. Uh, so talking to Scott and and discussing you know coming in with Impact, uh, it, it felt like uh, there were opportunities there for me to contribute you know in multiple ways uh and then i'm i'm at a point where i'm working on some other projects where i'm sort of in a more behind the scenes role like our stuff in australia and uh some other stuff that i've got uh, potentially coming up in the uk so the you know for me the the, the impact uh relationship is 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 good because i get i get to sort of contribute as a talent i get to work with a really great team of people but at the same time uh, i'm not uh, i'm not restricted in terms of what i can do you know outside of impact and that's that's a really cool place for me to be at this point uh, when you, you yeah, Tom, debuted sorry. when you debuted man you got one hell of a reaction and it was a big surprise uh which is cool nowadays that you know a, a surprise can be kept uh you're a former uh world champion in impact wrestling um Eyes on the prize. I know you have Sheldon Jean tonight from uh, Canadian Big Brother. You had made a, a comment to me uh, before, kind of like, I was this kid a long time ago. 
I was the young kid with a bit of a chip on my shoulder. And then you learned the business. Um, so short-term goal, long-term goal for you in Impact Wrestling. Well, look, I, I think I made my intention pretty well known. Look, if I'm going to any anywhere that I set foot as a wrestler, uh, I'm going to be looking at trying to go to the top spot trying to be, you know, trying to get the, the world championship. So uh, ha having said that, I'm also not going to, you know, discredit any anywhere by suggesting that I should be able to just walk through the door and just waltz into a, a title shot. You know, that, that would be, that would be a disservice to the, to the championship and to the people that have come before me and held it, including me. Um, so if I've got to, you know, work my way through a few people, so be it. But yes, and, and then if along the way, I can help bring some guys up, or I can help, uh, you know, create a little bit of interest to get some get some eyeballs on some people that uh, that, that that deserve it, then great. And and with as far as Sheldon's concerned, we'll see if he deserves it or not. Because uh, all all I know about him is that he's young and that yeah, like you said, he, he seems to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, a little bit of an attitude that might need a little bit of adjusting. But as you know, and as Bully knows, I needed my attitude adjusting a little bit and I took it right. And then I used that and molded myself into, you know, someone who ended up working his way up every spot on the card into the main events and then, uh, went on to, you know, have a pretty good run reinventing myself and carrying an entire company on my back. So, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, overstate this guys, but at the end of the day, it's like paying dues is still paying dues. Right. And no matter what, culture wars seem to exist in the business uh there is no substitute for you know getting a little wake-up call every now and then sometimes you need to get slapped around and you know hey they, they might need to change my name to Rand mcnally because i'm about to put sheldon gene on the map you know what i mean oh i like that and you, i mean honestly like and you became a much bigger star and it's like uh, we just had darren uh, mccarty on he goes it's about the journey and yes. As you get older, you experience you you understand that you experience it, you get it. Sadly, a lot of people don't, but at least you have. Yeah, I, I you know, I I just been in the UK this last week and I did a couple of seminars. And one of the things I talked about was the guys was like, look, I can't, I can't tell you about how to get to WWE. I never did, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I can tell you that uh had I had I not been, you know, so open-minded and ha had not continued to sort of work with this mindset of I'm going to try to do everything I can to create value in myself. Uh, then, you know, this opportunity that I, you know, took, I'm talking about, you know, with the NWA a few years ago, it's like, you know, that, 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 that could have been a giant nothing burger, you know, in the wrong hands, but I just sort of took it. And at the time I had, uh, I had enough skills and enough sort of life experience behind me to be able to make something of it. I always use Hogan as an example, like Hulk Hogan, you know, the, the idea of being a WWF superstar didn't exist when Hulk Hogan, you know, came along, he was selling out for AWA and, you know, killing it in Japan. And then this other opportunity showed up and then he, you know, he decided to sort of take it and, and, you know, take a, take a punt on it. And then it's like, then he created an entire new sort of desire for a whole new group of wrestlers. The next generation were like, I want to do what that guy did. You know, so it's like you need to you need to remain open, you know, to to any opportunities because opportunities come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes and forms. And and so for me, 
right now this opportunity is 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 really cool because it's like yes i get to sort of come back i suppose in a in a weird way although i don't really see it as coming back because there's there's so much about impact that's different from where i was you know from when i was there before but it's a great opportunity for me to apply a lot of the things that i learned with very very limited resources right and and so as a you know it's like when you you know when your senses are dulled your other senses heighten right so in, in my case when i had very, very limited resources, I was able to do a lot with very little. Now I come in and now I'm working with a much stronger team, you know, uh, producers, guys like yourself, and obviously with Jimmy and the different guys and, and Eric Tompkins, who I've known for a long time, and just, you know, the, the, the great production resources that we have at Impact, you know, at my disposal. And now I get to sort of apply that to, 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 the, to the image that I see in my mind's eye. So that's exciting because now I get to sort of go, okay, now let's see what I can do now with a little bit of, a little bit more support, right? A little bit more structure and a little bit more, you know, seasoning on this stake. Um, Nick, talk to me about your first impression walking back in to the Impact Wrestling locker room and compare it to what you experienced 10 years ago and how you have matured in the wrestling business. Right. Well, I mean, I think, I think that, you know, the, the first thing that needs to be said there in terms of context, obviously, is who I am in, in regards of that dynamic of the locker room versus, you know, who I was uh, before. You know, the, the, the impact that I walked into in 2009 was a who's who of stars, you know, and Hall of Famers. Uh, and, you know, and I was a, a nobody. Um, you know, so the, it was a very different sort of energy, um, because it was, there was a, a much stronger sort of sense of hierarchy, right? Because there were a lot of guys who rightfully so had, uh, the ability to call their own shots and be like, listen, I'm a star. Like I'm doing you a favor by being here kind of thing. Uh, the impact that I walked into in Toronto, the thing that stood out to me the most, uh, was the energy. Um, it was such a, you could feel this this sort of for me i thought it was just the right balance of the team sort of element right the team atmosphere of like hey look we're all trying to sort of drive together to push this singular goal right we've all got to sort of move this we've all got to pull the wagon uh but then just enough of that competitiveness of like a handful of guys who are like well i want to be the guy who's at the front pulling the wagon and i dig that because you know and and maybe i picked up on it more because there's a little bit of that tension with me coming in because it's like they know that that's what I want to do and I make no you know I make no bones about it like if I'm going to come in I want to I want to state my case to be the guy at the front you know strap me up right I, and I, you know and I'll take the big steps but that's you know that's that's kind of that to me that's sort of the perfect sweet spot of like look we're all in this together yeah like this you know we're in this business right we're all if if, if business is good, right, a rising tide lifts all ships. But at the same time, like, you got to keep an eye on everybody and be like, okay, I see you, right? I, I see you, I raise you, you know, and, that, and, and, and we keep sort of that poker face up a little bit. Like, that's to me is like the perfect sort of mix of energy. But that's what stood out to me the most uh, in Toronto and then in Chicago. Well, th Nick, and that's why I feel like, um, especially right now on the show, I want to give you uh, your flowers because you talk about uh, impact wrestling and how you want to elevate impact wrestling. And, you know, Tommy and bully brought up, you know, the first ever all in and that NWA championship. And I even said it when we had 
Billy Corgan on the show that I felt that that should have been the main event. Why? Because it was the NWA championship. Why was the NWA championship important? Obviously the Rhodes family name, but what you were able to do uh, for the NWA and what you were able to do for that NWA title. When you were holding that title, Nick, I think people looked at that NWA championship in a completely different way. Probably the first time people looked at that NWA championship in decades in that way. So uh, that's kudos to you and what you were able to do as the NWA championship. Uh, I'm glad that you're back. Um, I I, I think, you know, we missed you. And I think in the absence, NWA misses you as well. But that's a different story for a different day. I'm glad that you're now a part of Impact Wrestling. Uh, Impact Wrestling was a home for you for for such a long time. So I know it must feel good for you uh, to be back. And and I feel like the the all this family has done that for impact wrestling. Mickey did it for, uh, the, uh, knockouts championship. And hopefully you'll get the opportunity to do that for the impact championship. I, I appreciate all that. And, and, uh, I appreciate you acknowledging, uh, you know, our families, you know, look, this is the family business. And I think that we both look at it as we're, we're both looking at being able to spread our wings in terms of, uh, our, our overall influence on the business beyond, uh, even just being in the ring. So look, the way I look at it is this, in this business, you can be, you know, you, you, some people just are happy to just be one of the boys. Some people want to be a difference maker, and I want to be a difference maker. And I've proved that I can, and I will prove that I will again. Uh, let me ask you this, because we're talking about pro wrestling. We just had Darren McCarty on, and he talked about the health of pro wrestling right now. And we're seeing some amazing business across the board. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you, you took that NWA championship in front of 10,000 fans. I hope Impact Wrestling will have an opportunity to be in an arena that large with that many fans. And the way that Impact is growing, and I, I really feel like TV exposure is is a big reason why, uh, but do you think that one day that you can be in front of that type of a crowd like you did with that NWA championship at All In? If I didn't think that, Dave, I would be wasting my time and I would be wasting Scott's time, I would be wasting everybody's time. Of course I think that. I believe that I can do that anywhere. Like I said, but my... my you know, my objective anywhere I go is to be a difference maker and to, you know, to, to be somebody that people care about. And that's, uh, you know, that's my number one goal everywhere. Uh, most important question, Nick, how do you feel Mickey's doing on busted open? I think she's doing great. I mean, obviously it's not, you know, again, it's, it would be biased for me to say, but I think that she's found herself a little bit. I think she was nervous at first. And I think she was obviously, uh, making sure that she, just tried to sort of fit in the fit in the dynamic with everybody. And I think over time, if, if I had any advice for her and influence on her, I think my, my advice to her was don't try to be who they want you to be. Like they want you for you, you know, yeah. like they want you for your conversational ability because people don't even realize this about her, you know, because she has so much charisma, uh, you know, on screen and, and in public, but you know, like Tommy would attest to and others like, behind the scenes and just in real life, like she's, you know, she's got, she's got a crazy amount of charisma and conversational ability. So I said, bring some of that out, right? Like be, you know, be yourself because that's what they're paying for. Agreed. Uh, I want to go back to just last question for me, Nick. Um, I just want to go back to what we were talking about earlier about your dynamic with Mickey, you know, obviously you would have to have become friends first in the wrestling business 
and then you yeah. be <laughs> okay, okay, maybe, maybe not, you know, and then, uh, you know, and you never become... heard the story of her, you never heard the I'm a looking and I'm a liking story. No, no, I have heard that story, but I'm just wondering, you became friends, you, you know, your husband and wife now, but do you still talk to each other at home? Like one of the boys and can yes. you have disagreements as one of the boys, but then as soon as the conversation is over, go back to having hopefully a nice happy marriage with your wife yeah um that's that's a good question and i yeah actually we did one of the things i i think one of the things that's strengthened our marriage over the years is the fact that we do have a lot of respect for each other professionally um and i think that you know you have to remember like when i was when i basically was was presented with this challenge of like can you make anybody care about this brand this dead brand this championship and everything like that like and i'm going to sweatbox like independence and going all over the world trying to make a difference right like she's in wwe you know and it's so it's like it, obviously like there's this there's this sort of there's this longing where i'm going like god man like why couldn't i get that shot right what's the you know what's the deal but but also having that thing of going well i can't waste any time dwelling on that and thinking about that i got to make the best of what I have and, and make people give a shit about me, no matter what my platform is. Um, and I think as that started to progress and then obviously within a year, it's like, here's all in and here's this incredible amount of energy that's kind of directed now towards me and everything like that. It's like, there was, you know, now, now, now it's almost like Mickey and, and, and some of my other friends and peers who were at WWE, are kind of looking at me a little bit enviously and being like, man, that's so cool. I wish I could do something like that. So it's just having that sort of mutual respect for each other. And, and uh, philosophically, I think we're very much on the same page with wrestling. You know, um, I think that would probably be a, a very difficult dynamic if we weren't. Um, we have, we're very much on the same page in terms of our sort of approach to the business, the psychology, you know, respect for our elders, uh, you know, a respect of the history of the business and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, we, we don't have a lot of disagreements there. Our disagreements come more from more in terms of like, like actors, right? It's a choice you make. Like I would have made this choice. Oh, cool. Okay. Why? Okay. Well, I made this choice because of this. Okay. Well, here's why I would have made that choice. Okay. I understand. You know, like, and, and again, it's just, it's having that thing of being like, Hey, that's what works for you. This is what works for me. I might suggest this and she might go good idea or she might go, no, I'm going to do this way and vice versa. She might go, what about this? Go, yeah, it's a good idea. You know, I, I, like I said, I have so much respect for her and uh, obviously, you know, she's achieved so much that outside of her being my wife and, and my partner and everything, it's like, it's just like having access to a, It's like having access to a, a hall of fame talent, right? The same way that, when I'm backstage at Impact, I'll go find Tommy or you or Lance or whoever and be like, hey, what do you think of this? Right? Like, this is your same thing. I mean, like, I get to go to Calgary and I get to, I get to sit with Brett Hart and Brett's, you know, Brett's going, hey, I've got this idea. Let me know what you think. I'm like, cool. Like, yeah. Like, what, what play do you want me to run, Michael Jordan? Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you know, it's so, I mean, I, that's something that I wish that I'd known so much sooner. But it's like, I know that there's been a lot of, and I know Mickey sort of made reference to this on Twitter yesterday, I think, like about, you know, learning from our elders. I guess there's been a, there's some discussion lately about, 
guy sort of glorifying not taking advice and stuff like that and it's you know and, and she guys sort of, like that and girls like that in the business should get beat up and stretched i wanted to say that the first two people that came to mind were your you and billy gunn as far as like guys who i would come back and you would just stand there and be like that was the shits or what 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 the hell made you d- decide to do that or like why the hell did you do it like that and thank god like i needed that right and like you know and, it, and it, it's uh, anyway uh, that's another story for another day but uh yeah like we're you know we respect each other and we and and i think that i think for the most part if anything we enhance each other uh, especially when we sort of combine our efforts um which i think you're going to see a lot more of uh in terms of um outside projects you know other wrestling things like like this australia stuff that we're working on which is very exciting uh and other things that we've got coming up in the works you know where we're getting to combine our efforts because now people are coming to us and saying we really want to sort of plug into this energy source right like (laughs) you and mickey together being able to sort of combine your expertise and work with us on this particular thing or that particular thing and that's exciting that's a good place to be and, and we've earned it you know well, Nick, I want to appreciate you taking the time. We took a lot of your time uh, this morning. You've always been a friend to the show, so thank you. And, you know, I think Mickey's doing a tremendous job on Wednesdays here on Busted Open. And uh, we hope to get you on soon. And obviously, thank you and uh, good luck with everything with Impact Wrestling. Absolutely. I appreciate you as always, gentlemen. And, uh, yeah, thank you. And we'll, I'll see you on Thursdays, Impact Wrestling, Access TV, or DAZN in our international territories. And if you don't mind me saying for the first time ever, the international treasure, Nick. Boom. All this. I love it. Nick, thank you, you so much, my friend. Thank right. you and thank good you luck. Thank you, gentlemen. See you. Take All care, right. Nick. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.